0: Zephaniah, chapter 1, verse 7, and chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guests. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps And I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs. Those who say in their hearts, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do harm. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near. And hastening fast, the sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The warrior cries aloud there. The day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring such distress upon people that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like dung. Neither silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his passion, The whole earth shall be consumed, for a terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. A reading from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness. For that day of surprise, like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day and we are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep at night and those who are drunk get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as indeed you are doing. And now, the reading of the gospel, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, and to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master. I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I didn't scatter. Then you ought have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So so he take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless servant, throw him into the outer darkness where there will, will be weeping gnashing of teeth, the word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. (sighs) Y'all, first of all, go off Zephaniah, goodness gracious, it is a terrifying thing, the day of the Lord, according to the prophets. Maybe you've never heard this passage of Zephaniah before. I will bring such distress upon people that they shall walk like the blind because they've sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust, their flesh like dung, their gold and their silver won't save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. And the fire of his passion, the whole earth, will be consumed for a full and terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. That is an awkward verse to read. An awkward verse to be left with. The wrath of God consuming all the earth because of their great sin. What kind of sin could be so terrible that God's passion would consume all the earth's inhabitants? good to walk in the light of God, to be a children, child of, of the day and the light. Thessalonians tells us that for, for those of us with this relationship with the divine, we will be spared this, the, the, the wrath of God and instead be swept up in God's mercy and love. And very often the wrath of God uh, in some Christian circles and some schools of theological interpretation is read out as a very literal thing, an, a, a physical oncoming destruction coming, that comes from heaven to earth. But there might be more to it. And I'll encourage us to think through God's wrath and the ways God's wrath can be felt in our lives that is maybe somewhat more subtle than what we read about in the book of Zephaniah. I want you to ask yourself today what talents you've been given and how you intend on making a good return on God's investment in you. When I was a kid, uh, I didn't think I had very many resources. So I didn't know what I had to offer God. And so often it felt like I didn't have anything at all to offer God. But I believe that God showed me one day in particular exactly what it means for me to not allow myself to bury my talent in the ground and always be sure that I am making it an investment that produces interest. So let me me tell you a story. Uh, When I was growing up, there was a day after after lunch in high school. It was a small town, small school. K- kindergarten to 12th grade, one all in one building. Preschools across the street, small. Uh, so the cafeteria is right here. Once you're done eating, now you, it's Indiana, a Hoosiers. Right next to the cafeteria is the gym. You got free time, you're gonna go shoot some hoops. Uh, But when I went into the gym this day, I saw Hoosiers shooting basketballs, but not throwing at the rim. They weren't aiming for the backboard. Uh, This guy was throwing a basketball at a girl sitting in the bleachers. Again, small school, small gym. Uh, everybody's in the gym. everybody knew everybody now when I saw what was happening and that everybody was sort of in on it all against her. she was really on her own in the situation. I was furious i i I got red in the face. I was hot that day, but I didn't have any power there, I didn't have any authority. I'm no, I was no teacher, I was the same age as everybody else. I was outnumbered, Chester. I, I can scrap if I've got to, Chester. Don't get me wrong, but that was a lot of people for me to take all on my own. I didn't have the power, seemingly to overturn that situation. I didn't have any money. I I don't know how that would have helped either. What I did have was God's investment in me. My unique identity. The person that I am, who I'm called to be. The vision of someone who was going to grow into someone who would never, ever quit pushing on, driving after. God's heart. So, I walked up the stairs with the bleachers and I stood in front of that girl. I looked her in the eyes and I said, they're stupid. They are so stupid. Don't even look at them. Don't, everything you do is just hyping them up. That's why they're, they're, they're not going to stop until you, you, you quit feeding feeding the flames you just you just look at me I was so mad (laughs) and uh, she she got on the same page she she quit fighting back I didn't turn around wouldn't you know it when there was someone else between me and her uh, the basketball stopped getting thrown The crowd dispersed. It wasn't so fun anymore. I always think of this story, it's just such a crystal image of a time where God showed me uh, that I have choices. That I uh, have agency. That I can interact with different situations that I see in the world in many different ways. And some of those ways count as using and multiplying my talents, and some of them count as hiding those talents in the ground. I hope you all don't mind me bragging on myself today. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gotta tell you. I feel like I've earned it because I have told y'all how petty I am and I don't want you to think that's all I am. I, I do good stuff too. Every once in a while. Um, you know, if I had taken the investment that God had made in me and putting me in this brown flesh and giving me this these luxurious curly locks and giving me the, these this, this, lip, this slightly off, Vision and making me talk the way that I talk and all of the things that God has done to make me who I am if I had not invested it in that moment. I believe that even today when I lay down to sleep at night I would find myself in an outer darkness and the memory of the waste might cause me to weep and when I'm trying to relax I might find myself only able to be gnashing my teeth for the torment of knowing that I wasn't who God had called me to be. I believe I would feel the sorrow and the shame even today for not standing up for God's all-inclusive love and protective justice. God's advocacy on on behalf of those who are marginalized, oppressed, pushed out of the popular cliques and social circles. I would feel it today as a living hell if I didn't invest that talent. Refusing to find God's gifts in you and invest them in the world, it only brings a little bit of hell into your life when you had an opportunity to glimpse heaven. You see, there's a day coming where you will have to come face to face with reality. You can run on for a long time. I don't know if I've got any Johnny Cash fans out there, but you can run on for a long time. But sooner or later, you have to face yourself and your God honestly and give an account of your investments. Are we really sure we are who we say we are? Are we sure that we're children of the light? Or do we live in outer darkness? Are we really staying woke the way that Christ has commanded us to? You see, I have a dear friend and I've I've known him for years and he told me the other day, Nick, my life hasn't gone the way that I wanted it to go and I feel like there's no way out for me because I'm not good at anything. Not, He said he's not good at anything. Now in our parable, hey, the guy who got the least, at least he got the one talent. Everybody gets at least one talent. So don't let the devil lie on you and tell you that one talent isn't enough. Now, now my friend, he's working a physically demanding, emotionally draining factory job. He's raising young babies. He's living out his life, doing everything he can to be a good man, a good father, a good husband, a good Christian. Talking about, I'm not good at anything. You don't have to live with those kinds of lies on you. Now, if you are working two and three jobs, you got kids, you got to keep the lights on, you got to get the rent paid, you got things to do. But that doesn't mean that God can't use your one talent that one hour you had to spend talking with somebody who needed comfort that that one meal you shared with somebody who hadn't been able to eat and you have no idea how much God can multiply the simplest offering that you have to give so don't you shrink back don't you minimize the power of God by thinking you can what you have to give is too little to make a difference, and that's where I see so much discord and unhappiness start to creep into people's lives, start to creep into people's testimonies, where they start to feel like the healing they got wasn't worth bragging about, they start to feel like the breakthrough that they got isn't worth shouting about, they start to feel like people won't understand because it's, you know, it's not it's not all that. They lose faith that who they are as people as children of light can be good enough to be an offering to God and their community. Now this friend is someone I have always known to be a warm, safe, compassionate space. Have you ever known somebody who's just, they're just loving to you? It doesn't matter what you did, how long you've seen them. It, it, it's like no time has passed once, once you're together again. And uh, no matter uh, what kind of day they're having, they've got time for you and your issue. Now, he's just like that naturally. I get sick of people. I've got to check out after a while. I I can listen, but I can't listen all day, all right? I've got my own issues. But he's the same genuine guy everywhere he goes. Talking about I'm not good at anything. He gives out the grace and the love of God so easily, he doesn't even know he's doing it talking about I'm not good at anything. We were roommates for uh, orientation week of college. Now I like my own space. I'm a very private person and I was worried about what kind of man they were trying to put in this room with me. I was shocked when I met my friend and I found myself at ease, just kicking back, conversing through the night, feeling heard and valued. In a time when I wanted so badly to finally find my place and my people, God used him in the bonds of fellowship. And he didn't hide his talent in in the ground. He let himself be my place. He let himself be my person. He might feel like he's not good at anything. I told him, brother, you are good at what matters to God cause you don't hide your talent in the ground. Even if you don't realize the great and mighty and life-changing things that God is doing with it. Now y'all don't gotta compare yourselves to anybody bougie. <laughs> I'm, Hey, I'm not Jeremiah Wright over here. I'm no big name preacher. TD Jakes. I'm not uh, who, y- who y'all like. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I am who I am. Pastor Nick, I'm what y'all got to deal with for now. <laughs> and I'm not hiding my talent in the ground. I'm investing it in you, all of that. In you, Miss Nichols. In you, Erica. In you, Chester. I'm investing my talent in you, Angela. I'm investing my talent in you, Jim. In you, Chelsea. Emily, I'm investing my talent in you. Lauren, I'm investing my talent in you. (laughs) I'm not gonna compare myself to uh, some of those slick preachers up there with their produ- the production value some of these preachers have. Lord! Just do what you can with what God has given you. And if you think it's not enough get, that, get those devilish lies out of your head and know how much God loves you and all that you have to offer no matter what it is. The world of nation-states and the corporations that shape them and run, run them, they don't value all these traits that we share that make our lives worth living. But I do. God does. These beatitude traits of humility, purity, peacemaking, love for all your neighbors, love for God. This is what God cares about the most. So don't let the world ever tell you that who you are or what you have to offer isn't enough because you are enough. What you have to offer is enough because my God works with compound interest. And you know the thing about compound interest is it just keeps doubling over time and the about god is that she's got time y'all she's not in a hurry and they're ready and waiting to take your one talent and make it a multi-million dollar spiritual industry that you couldn't even have imagined the seed that you plant will become an orchard for generations and you might never even see it but it's none of your concern all you got to do is invest your talent who you are who god made you to be and god will multiply the smallest offering that you have to give now remember what i said about the way i would have been haunted by weeping outer darkness teeth gnashing if i had failed that day, to be the person God had called me to be in that moment, these times when I have missed the mark and failed to live up to my own ideals, failed to live up to the high ideals of Christianity, faith and hope and love, when I slip, they let me know there are consequences to human sin. Now, what can we learn from the parable of the talents? I think one of the things is that when we're not truly giving our all to God, we cannot expect to receive all the goodness that God has in store for us as a people. We spent the last four years learning painfully that every single vote matters and how many people in 2016 might as well have put their vote in the ground. Buried their talent. Their responsibility to their neighbors, to refugees, to immigrants. To the trans and and gay community. To your brothers, to your sisters. How many people put their talent in the ground? assuming that everything was going to work out, only to find that our nation was cast into years of turmoil and darkness. You see now how a denial of your own power, your own agency can expose your whole community to hell on earth this parable says no matter how little you have or how powerless you think you are god is ready god is willing god is able to use you to change your world just as much as anybody else so don't you go burying anything that god has given you in the ground and one of the most important things you've been given is a responsibility to your community Now, when we as a people find a way to invest ourselves fully, we are going to see those returns doubling. And we are, how are we going to see it? What kinds of returns am I talking about? I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about... <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody seen the goodness of God come back on them? See, I believe that we can find freedom and ritual and connection in the ancient ways of finding God by surprise. Post-traumatic healing is a realm of reversal and upheaval and resurrection. It's open to us through self-awareness and authenticity authenticity. It's a place in which we are affirmed by our community, bound by rituals that highlight the sacred to us and in us. And that's what I mean, my family, when I invite you to walk in the light of Christ. This is the power of faith. That we will be a community that is so free and so whole and so alive that even while we are being pressed and persecuted, even when we're being struck down, even when we are sick and weary and in ICU, other people will find life just by knowing us, just by seeing that while 10,000 fall at our right hand and another 200,000 fall at our left hand, we aren't moved. We aren't Paul said, I don't want you to get it twisted. I'm paraphrasing. Paul didn't say it like that, but (laughs) stay with me. I don't want y'all to be confused. Life is hard, but it's not hard for all of us in the way it is for all of them. Because not everybody in life has the hope that we have. Not everybody that goes down has a hope of coming back up again. So we don't sleep on God but we stay woke believing that the lives that we are living are a living sacrifice that our talents, our gifts our very being, who we are makes the world a better place and I don't know about you but to me that sounds like good news Amen, amen, amen. I am so glad that each and every one of you was here with me today. God is still moving. God is still providing for us. These are ridiculous times. But don't lose hope. Don't lose faith because we have each other. And we have a God who cannot fail. I challenge you, whether you're seeing this live or recorded later, consider what talents are natural in your life. Consider what you have to offer your community because when you find a way to offer who you are back to God, you will see dividends, you will see interest grow, you will see people's lives get brighter. And there is nothing more fulfilling than that. Uh, If you have talents to give in uh, the literal sense, talents in the parable is actually literal money. If you have uh, financial offerings to give, my brother Chester always provides our tithely link. Uh, We are going places y'all we have we have a vision we have dreams we want to bring this together we want to reach more people that's why we uh worship god in so many different spaces (laughs) other than the pandemic it's good that we're finding new ways to reach out new ways for people to hear the word of life and the word of light Uh, so consider your giving consider your talents pray on how you can plug in Uh, how our ministry can be expanded, because if there was ever a time in my lifetime that the world needs to hear good news, it is now. I will see you all next week. Uh, If you catch this in recording, please leave a message. Let me know you were here. Uh, Our community grows and changes all the time peace be with you all. Amen.